welcome. You are listening to Grace Capital Church Podcast. So welcome. Uh, last week we began our series Committed to the Cause. How many of you, if you were here last week, you got the homework, read John 17? Anyone read John 17? Cool. Yeah, some people read. Yeah, excellent. So you know where we're going this morning, or you know kind of the, the context of where we are this morning in John 17. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to John 17. Um, last week we began understanding, like, what, if we say committed to the cause, what is the cause? What, like, what is the cause of Christ? And we determined last week the cause of Christ is to glorify God. Everything that he did, everything that he said, it was all to glorify God. It was all to honor the Father. And that's our cause as well. That everything we do, everything we say, our lives, would li- we would live our lives in such a way that we would glorify God. So that's, there's, there's our framework, there's our baseline right there. Is that our lives should glorify God in whatever we do. Um, this morning we want to look, so that's, that's Jesus' part. He was, he was to glorify God. That's also our part. Um, is to glorify God. This morning we want to look at some, some other things of, of God's part, what, what he does, Jesus' part, what, like, what, how, how we can be equipped. Uh, because in John 17, it is the prayer, it's the last prayer of Jesus before he's going to be just pre- imprisoned, beaten, and crucified. Our Easter story that we'll jump into in a couple weeks. And um, this, these are his final words. These are his, this is his prayer. This is his, his, his dying wish for us. Before I do that, I'd like to ask if I can have 21 volunteers, 21 men, if, if you can just come on up here. Yeah, all right. Evan's nice and bold. Go ahead and stand right up here. Go ahead and stand right up here. I need 21 men. Go ahead, line right up along the edge here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Someone out there count for me and tell me when there's 21. Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. There we go. Cool. Sorry, Richie. You were already up here. <laughs> before you were 21 men, before you were 21 believers in Christ, would you guys kneel down? We live in a world, we, we, we live in a country where, where we can join together and worship freely every Sunday morning. Matter, matter of fact, we can go wherever we want and worship freely. We, we live in a country that we can do that. We have religious freedom. Some people would say we have freedom from religion, um, and I would, I, I would almost echo that. I would agree with that. We have freedom from religion. We have freedom for relationship with God, that we wouldn't be bound by these rules and restrictions and, and um, tradition, so much so as we are free to encounter a loving God who loves us and, and receives and desires to give great, beautiful gifts to his sons and daughters. But we live in a world where that is not true universally. We live in a world where just a little while ago, and you all saw on the news or your Facebook feed, because that's where you go to get the news now, you saw the, the stories 
of 21 men, 21 believers, beheaded for their belief. 21 men who would not deny Christ. 21 men who stood firm and bold. And because of that, they lost their lives. Let the reality of that sink in for a minute. Wives, look at your husbands. Guys, look at your friends. 21 lives lost. Personalize that right now and see the reality of that. We say, well, not in America, not, not ever. That, that couldn't happen. There will come a day where we will face religious persecution. I'm not a, a harbinger of, um, I don't know, conspiracy theorists or anything like that, but I, I will tell you there will come a day There will come a day where you will face persecution because of what you believe. Thank you, guys. This past, well, every Wednesday... um, a few of us get together, and you're welcome to join any Wednesday that you're available. Uh, Wednesday, we meet at White Mountain Coffee, right out in front of it, 8 o'clock on Wednesday mornings, and we walk through the city of Concord, and we pray. It's been going on every Wednesday for 18 years. I'll tell you, it was very cold this winter. <laughs> it felt like religious persecution. <laughs> But every Wednesday we gather and we, and we walk the streets and we pray. We stand out in front of the state house and we pray. Um, and and we, just, we, we, we pray blessing. We pray for, for God's provision. We, we pray that, that God would move. We pray that God's people, we pray for you. We pray that God's people would move wherever you are, in your businesses, in your workplaces, that you would stand and you would be a light for, for others around you. That you would you would be empowered and emboldened by the power, uh, by, by the power, by the Holy Spirit, that that you would be able to speak boldly and you you could you could proclaim life and hope and peace and joy for for so many people who are walking broken. Don't point them out and say you're broken, you're broken, um, because no one likes to be identified as a broken person. But the bottom line is, all around us are broken people. Right here in this room, there are broken people. I won't point fingers. But we pray that people would be, that believers, those who truly identify themselves as those who follow Christ, they, they, would, they would rise to the occasion and be able to speak. They would be able to give reason for the hope that's within them. They would do so with gentleness and love. So we, we pray. We pray that God would be on the move and God's people would be on the move. We stand out in front of the state house, and week after week, you know, the, the different New Hampshire is, you know, blessed to have so many representatives. Uh, so we get, to, uh, we get to see many of them coming in. And we, we stand out there, and we're not holding signs. We're not picketing anything. We just we stand out there, and there's a few of us, and we stand and we just pray. Sometimes we pray quietly. Sometimes we pray out loud. Not out loud, dear God, condemn these people. We don't, nothing like that. We, we pray because we're there. We are blessed to be a blessing. And one of the best ways that we can bless others is to be able to pray for others. And so state reps are coming by. And as they're coming by, you know, we'll, we'll actually stop what we're doing. 
Because God knows what we're talking, you know, he, he knows our hearts and he knows where we're at, but we'll interrupt our, our communication with God, our prayer, to say, hey, good morning, welcome, have a great day, and just kind of bless them as they're going through. Sometimes people will stop and say, what, what are you doing? You know, like, what, because there's always, not always, but often there are weeks where someone will show up and they'll put a sign up or they'll stand there with something, um, you know, homemade picket thing, um, and somehow we kind of get associated, like, so, so are you with the group? Or is this where the group's meeting today? <laughs> like, we're just, we're here from Grace Capital Church. We're here to pray. We're, we're praying for you guys. We're praying for our state. We're praying for the city. We're praying for the businesses and, and people and families and, you know, whatever. And, and, we, and we just tell them openly, we're here to pray. And most times the, the response is like, oh, cool. Yeah, that, that's great. Uh, and there's, there's an openness for that. There's an openness for that. There's an opportunity to be able to pray and to be able to speak blessing and to be able to intercede for what goes on in our state. We can openly stand right out in front of the state house and pray. But there will come a day when that, that will put you at risk. There will come a day when that will not be openly accepted. And people will not be overjoyed to hear that you're praying for them. There will come a time when we will face persecution. Jesus knew of that. That's part of the reason why he prayed what he prayed in John 17. Whether we like it or not, the time is coming. And we need to understand that. The time is coming when we will face persecution. You, if you want to bury your head in the sand and you know, just say, say, I'm crazy... Ignore the fact that that may happen. You know, you, you can if you want. You know, ignorance is bliss. But there will come a time when that happens. So if someone pulled you out of a crowd and said, are you a follower of Jesus? What, how would you respond? What would you do? What would you say? The reality is there is a war. Not a physical war, but a spiritual war. And it's manifesting into the natural wherever we go. But we're not alone in this fight. We have our Father. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We are not alone in this fight. He promises us. They fight for us. They equip us. They will keep us regardless of the war that's waged against us. Now that you're open to John 17. In John chapter 17, beginning with verse 6. And before I read this, I'm just, can you mute me? Thank you. John chapter 17, beginning with verse 6. It says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, 
for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. You are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. That you keep them from the evil one. God has given us words, his word. I gave them the words that you gave me. I'm praying for them. I'm I'm not praying for the world, but for those who you've given me. And I don't ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. It's interesting, as you read through different scriptures, you can find out, like, the evil one. The evil one is Satan. The evil one is the devil. The evil one is the enemy, our enemy. And if you turn to John chapter 10, just a couple chapters back, John chapter 10, verse 10. we gain a better understanding of the evil one and his desire. He's also known as the thief. And in John 10.10 it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. You want to know what his desire is for you? It's to ruin your life. It's to steal, to kill, and destroy I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's Jesus' desire. That's his promise. That's, That's his prayer for us. Here's the good news in all of this. Even though we have an enemy who, another verse in Scripture says, he he prowls around like a hungry lion, seeking whom he would devour. That's the enemy that we have. Yes, we have an enemy, and yes, he's waging war against us, but we are not alone. I love the reminder that we've, that we've been given by, by God, and uh, the, the, not only the reminder, but the instruction, the, the way that we can live our life, understanding that he goes before us, but he also backs us up. We, re, you know, we, we sing the song, you know, he, I'm going to mess it up now, but before us and behind us and on each side, um, it's kind of like doing the, the electric slide. Um, in Second Chronicles, and you don't have to go there, I'm just going to read it to you, but you can write this down so you can read it for yourself later. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, this is the instruction that is, that is given 
to the army. In verse 17 of chapter 20, it says, You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. You don't have to go out and fight this battle. But you do need to show up. The Lord fights for you. It's interesting, and here's a little tidbit. Here's a little, this, is, this one's a freebie for you. Um, oftentimes you've been accused of different things. If you've done no wrong and you've been accused of things, you don't have to defend yourself. Let the Lord vindicate for you. Because when you become defensive, when you rise up and, and try and build your case, you're doing nothing other than maybe pushing people away. Stand silent in front of your accusers and let the Lord defend you. There are so many times that we face battles. There are so many times that we face trials. You don't need to fight the battle. But you do need to show up. You need to be present. You need to be there. You need to arrive. And, and, and you need to arrive boldly. Don't be, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Stand. Be bold. And allow the Lord to show you his deliverance. Allow him to stand for you and fight for you. So many of us, we, I, I think we, we get ourselves into different situations or, or we, we, we walk timidly into things. You're not made to be timid little creatures. Yes, meek. Uh, yeah, there's, blessed are those. But you're not made to be timid. You need to walk boldly. You need to walk confidently, trusting and having faith that he does go before you, that he will fight for you. You don't need to fight the battle, but you do need to show up. We're in a game, and I I know this because I'm hearing the stories of what God is doing through so many of you. Different testimonies, different people sharing of, of how God is, is helping them. God is, is, is restoring marriages and he's restoring relationships with sons and daughters. He's, he's restoring relationships with mothers and fathers. He's restoring health. We're hearing from people who have, who have seen healings and, and we're seeing lives restored. We're, we're, seeing the, we're seeing a hunger to be in God's word. That's awesome. That's exciting. few things we need to understand as we read through John 17, if this is God's part of John 17. Now, we know that, that we need to live in such a way that we glorify God. What's God's part in this? Well, the first thing in John 17, 8, he gives us his word. He gives us his word. Everything you need to know can be found in here. I'm not saying for lawnmower repair. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about like if your dishwasher's on the blink. I'm saying everything you need to do or everything you need to know in order to live a life that brings glory to God, it's found in here. Everything you need to do or to, to know in order to live in such a way that you have healthy relationships, 
It's found in here. Everything you need to know in order to live a life that not only glorifies God, but, but brings honor to him and not to you, it's found in here. God gives us his word and he empowers us. He equips us with what we need. We've hidden this in our heart. So how much are we in God's word? Have you memorized any scripture? Are there any verses that, you know, like, that's my life verse. That's, that's anytime I find myself in a situation, man, that's, that's my go-to verse. That's the verse that I, it, it just, it, for, for me, it just, boom, I'm, I'm there. I, I'm ready. I know that God is with me. And I know that I can walk through whatever I have to walk through. Are there scriptures that you turn to? Or maybe just some, you know, cool quotes from Abraham Lincoln or Roosevelt. He has given us his word. And he's given us his word to equip us so that we can walk through any situation. So that we know how to live our lives in such a way that glorifies him. When the storms come, when the persecution comes, when, when you face life or death, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The battle is the Lord's. The, the Holy Spirit is our reminder. I, I love the, the, the verse in, in John chapter 14. And this is a great one for you to underline if you've got your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, this is a great one for you to write down so that you can go back to your Bible when you get home today and underline. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Something to understand is when you've received the Holy Spirit, when you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, as you're reading Scripture, one, he will, it, someone, someone referred, I think it was Wayne Cadero when he was aware, uh, here with us, he, he, he referred to this as the, the Holy Spirit highlighter. As, as you're reading, there's just like the, the words jump off the page. I understand what I'm reading. How many people you read the Bible are like, man, I, I don't get this. It, it's confusing. I don't understand all of this. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Something, something, to, um, something to understand here. You can't remember what you haven't heard. You can't remember what you haven't heard. You also can't recall what you have not read. You, you want to understand the way to live? You want to you have hope in trials when the storms come, when persecution comes, when, when you feel like the world is against you? You, you, you want to overcome those feelings, those thoughts? And get in God's Word. This isn't just the pastor saying, you know, Read your Bible and pray and sing songs and join life group. This isn't, this isn't me like jump through these hoops. This is me saying if you want to live with any sort of hope, that hope is found in the Bible. That hope is found in Christ. And so you read God's word. And as you read God's word, when situations come about, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just brings to your remembrance the things that you have do you understand that there are lots of things that you won't be able to recall? If I were to say, okay, uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, what is it? 
Come on, Jeff and Laura, you guys are prayer. Come on, pastors. No, you, you don't have this in you yet? You just said it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you, you may not just be able to recall, but I will say you, you take in far more than you think you have the capacity to, to comprehend. And at just the right time, just when you need it most, if you've put this in you, he will draw it out. And it will be brought to your mind. But if you keep coming up on empty, it might be because you've never put anything in there. I don't mean to point fingers. I don't mean to... That's not a judgment statement. But maybe it is an opportunity for a little conviction. Throw, fill, put in to your life the Word of God. And when you need it, He will bring that remembrance. But you can't remember what you haven't heard. When you're squeezed, what comes out? Uh oh. When you're squeezed, what comes out? When you're about to lose your head, what comes out? Hopefully, scripture that gives us peace. Not our own emotions that bring out this fear and this denial. God gives us his word. And he gives us his word so that we can be equipped to face those trials. Another thing that is part of God's part is he prays for us. Do you know that God prays for us? Do you know that Jesus prays for us? Three people do. That's awesome. It's wicked encouraging. Uh, This whole chapter, okay, with Jesus physically on earth prior to ascending to heaven, this whole chapter is God, is is Jesus' prayer for the church. This is his pattern and, and and his heart. But it didn't stop. It didn't stop when he was on earth, and he doesn't stop now that he is not on earth. He's also praying for us today. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Romans. Romans, go, go to Romans. Chapter 8. It's just a few chapters, or a few books after John to the right. Romans chapter 8. And in verse 34. Who's to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one that died. More than that, who was raised. We'll celebrate that in a couple weeks who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Interceding is one of those big words, intercede. Like like he's farming, putting seed into the ground. Um, He's praying for us. He knows what you need. He knows what you're walking through. He knows what you are about to go into. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. And as he sits at the right hand of the Father, he's just turning to him. Dad, let me tell you about what's going on with Kyle right now. He needs your help. Father, would you just, everything that David is walking through right now, stand with him, strengthen him, encourage him. He sits at the right hand of the Father and he's praying for you. He's interceding for you. 
He prays for you. He continually prays for you. This is powerful because this again shows us that we're not alone in this. We don't walk alone. We don't walk by ourselves. We also have the Holy Spirit who's in us and intercedes through us when we pray in our prayer language. We've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've, we, we, just a few weeks ago, we gave people the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. There are those even just each week as, as you come and you, you say, man, I, I can't live life by myself anymore. I need help. And you receive Jesus as Savior. We also, as we pray for you to receive Jesus as Savior for repentance and forgiveness and, and acceptance of Him as Savior, we also pray and we ask, would, would you like to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit? One of the gifts, one of the abilities, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in us is unleashes, releases this prayer language. A different language. Tongues. And it's this prayer language. We, we read in Scripture where you know, the, the Spirit groans with utterances that cannot be comprehended by us. But that prayer language is, and I, I say this because I, I love this, that prayer language is just a perfect prayer prayed from the Holy Spirit within us on our behalf. There are situations you're going to walk into today that you have no idea about, but He does. There are needs that you have currently that you don't even know, but He does. And when you pray in your prayer language, And I would encourage you, if you have received your prayer language, pray. If you have not received your prayer language, but you've asked for the baptism for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, then seek it out. Desire it. Because that's something we're we're, we're taught in Scripture. Earnestly desire. Pray in your prayer language often. In the shower. While you're driving. While your kids are driving you crazy. Pray and allow the Holy Spirit to intercede on your behalf. You know how like um, in pretty much every war, there were different um, codes. There, there, were, there were different, uh, you know, they, back in World War I, they used Native Americans. And they, they spoke, uh, I think it was Navajo. Because, because the, the, the enemy did not understand their language. That's the Holy Spirit interceding on your behalf. Because the, like you speak things out, you pray out loud, it's, it's for everyone to hear, including the enemy. You pray in that heavenly language, that prayer language, it's a direct line of communication. It's the red phone. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I love it, it's, it's the bat phone. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm Batman. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 that, it's that direct link, that prayer that's the Holy Spirit praying through you, direct to God, and it's not intercepted or overheard by anyone else, including the enemy. His desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. His plans are thwarted because he doesn't know what's being communicated. Pray, and pray often. We have the Holy Spirit, and he intercedes for us. God also keeps us. He keeps us. That's, for me, that's an image of protection. I reckon myself as a, I don't know, a, a farmer of some sort, 
Maybe I'm just a hick that lives in Pentecook. But we have, we have hens and we have roosters. And when you have hens, you also have eggs. And when you have roosters, you have eggs that produce other hens. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is standing on the Mount of Olives overlooking the city of Jerusalem. And he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I w- would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you are not willing. God keeps us. That's an image of protection. That's an image of that mother hen gathering up the chicks under the wings and just, no, these, these are mine. You're not going to get to them. God keeps us. I say he fights for us. He goes ahead and he fights the battle. He keeps us. He protects us. He shelters. He's a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are saved. That's what he does for us. began by talking about ISIS and the 21 men who lost their lives. ISIS would claim that as a victory. 21 men dead. 21 believers in Christ no longer here. They'd claim that as a victory, but they're wrong. God promises to keep us, and he did, even with those men. Up until their very last breath, they remained faithful and strong and did not waver. He kept them, and he still has them even now. When we allow God to do his part, he gets the glory, which is the cause of our lives. He gets the glory. Each of us will face different struggles. Each of us will face different trials. It's interesting. As you read through... the prayer in in John 17. Jesus mentions them. Keep them. Guard them. Them is plural. It's not singular. There's your English lesson for the day. How does a cheetah catch its lion, or catch its, its dinner? You guys ever watch Nat Geo or... They run fast, but they'll chase after a whole herd and they wait for that herd to start breaking up. And eventually the weak are exposed and left on their own. And they isolate and they go after the solo. They go after the the one that's left all on their own. We're not meant to live life alone, we're not meant to go solo. He says, guard them, protect them, keep them. I pray for them. Yes, he prays for each of you individually, rest assured. But his desire for us is that we would live in community. We would live connected with others. We would not isolate. We wouldn't say, yeah. And this isn't me saying, you know, make sure you come to church every Sunday. But God's heart is that we would come together and we would connect, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week. 
not just in life group. Life group is an important component of that because we can come together and, and from what we are talking about this morning, we can come together this week and we can celebrate what God is doing and we can talk more into that and dig into that. And what does this mean for my life? How can I apply this to my life? What, like, how does God keep me and protect me? What does that look like? And so you have the opportunity to converse and encourage others. But even beyond life group, and honestly, if you, if you, if you aren't part of a life group, you should be, be part of a life group. And there, there's a bunch of people who could stand right now and say, actually, if you're part of a life group, go ahead and stand. We're kicking it freestyle right now. If you're part of a life group, is it worth going? If you're not part of a life group, look around the room and connect with someone after service today and just say, hey, tell me about your life group. Talk to me about your life group. You guys can sit down. Simon says. (laughs) But even beyond life group, we should be doing life with each other because life group isn't a meeting and neither is Sunday morning. When we come together, we come together to celebrate what God has done. We, we come together for, for, for Bible teaching and, and, and to, to hear so that we can be equipped. We, we come together so that the Holy Spirit, like there's opportunities for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We want the gifts to be on display, not for our glory, but again, the cause of Christ is to glorify God. And that's our cause as well. That the Holy Spirit the gifts would flow and people would use those gifts. But again, it's not just for Sunday morning and it's not just for whatever night your life group meets. It's for every moment of every day. And when we do life together, when we stay connected with each other, but we have to be willing to be gathered. I mean, that, that was Jesus' lament over Jerusalem. Oh, so my heart is that I would, I would be able to gather you up, but you resist you fight against that. You're not willing. We have to be willing to be gathered. We have to be willing to give ourselves to God and to others, to be in relationship with them. We're taken out when we try and live life on our own. We need to be in community. We need to be in relationship, not just with God, but with others as well. Because we know that God gives us his word, that he's praying for us, that he protects us and keeps us, then there's no reason that we shouldn't go out and live life boldly. We should be sharing our faith. We should be living our life in front of others, living it out loud, giving of ourselves for the cause of Jesus. I want to share with you, Easter is right around the corner, in case you didn't know. April 5th, the first Sunday in April. We're we're two Sundays away from Easter. I want to encourage each of you, if you you are a believer, matter of fact, this this is open for everyone, whether you're a believer or not right now. Invite someone to come with you to church. On Easter, and I, I say that only because Easter and Christmas are two days out of the year where people are just that much more open to say, yeah, sure, why not? They, they, they just are. I, I can prove that with statistics. I can prove that with numbers. We track the numbers each week. Easter and Christmas are the two largest days when everyone shows up. 
Many of them come because they've been invited by someone. Reach out to someone. But, and this is where it gets different, different instructions. If you are a believer, I'd like you to invite someone to church, and I want you to invite someone to church with, just use this phrase, use this statement, and it's a fill in the blank. I'd love for you to come to my church because, and fill in the blank. Maybe, maybe it begins like that, and then they, there's, there's follow-up questions. Someone, someone may, like, well, so your church, but what about, well, you need, to make, you need to come to my church this week because, and fill in the blank, and then share what God has done in your life. Because it's less about Grace Capital Church. Honestly, if, 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 if you're in a conversation and they say, oh, I, I heard about that church, the music's way too loud. <laughs> then you know what? I'd love for you to go to, and I can point you to a lot of churches around the area where the music isn't as loud. I'd love for you. If, our, if the cause of Christ is to glorify God, if our cause is to glorify God, it's not to glorify Grace Capital Church. It's not to glorify our little K kingdom because that's not what this is about. It's about the kingdom of God. And there are many different expressions of that just within this region alone. I would love for people to come to Grace Capital Church. But if for some reason Grace Capital Church isn't for them, there are lots of other churches for them to go to. And we celebrate that and we support that. We'd love to be a resource where we can point people in the direction of a church that may be a better fit for them. So invite, reach out, but don't make it about the church. Make it about Jesus. Make it about him. What has he done in your life? What's the compelling reason within your own personal life that you can give to me as to why anyone should go to church? Anyone should connect with Jesus. What's he done in your life? I'd love to tell you about Jesus. I'd love to tell you what he did in my life. And then tell your story. Give them a reason for going to church. Like a reason why you're recommending a restaurant or a good book. I never say, I don't know, I, I, I say this all the time. You need to read this. And I give reasons. But for, maybe you just read some new book by John Grisham. When you're talking with someone at work, you need to read this. And you just hand it to them? Or do you say, man, the, the, the writing of this book, you know, the storyline is so compelling. It drew me right in. I felt like I was part of the adventure. And you, you give them a reason why they should read the book. Man, you need to go, you need to go to the Barley House. And you need to get the Hangover Burger. Because it's, it's not just a, a hamburger, but there's a potato patty and there's a fried egg, and there's buffalo sauce, and I think they put bacon in there too, you need to go to the barley house and get the hangover burger because it is awesome. See what I just did? I gave you a reason why you should go there. They're going to be mobbed today. But here's, here's the deal. Man, you need to come to church with me because... because I once was lost and now I'm found. I don't know, I'd, I'm the wretch they sing about. I'd, whatever. You'd give, give them a reason for why they should come with you. Not just, you know, hey, if you'd like, you know, we're going to church on Easter and, you know, you, you want to come with us, you can. And then, you know, just give us a call in the morning and we'll give you a ride. 
Give them a reason why they would want to come to church. He's given you his word. He prays for you. He keeps you. He protects you. He fights for you. Because of that, you can be bold. You can share your faith. We don't live in a world where we have to line up and kneel down and fear for our life. So live that way. Live free. Father, thank you for each person here. Thank you for your love that you have for us. Thank you for how you freely give your life for us. Thank you that you have given us your word. Thank you that you equip us and empower us. Thank you that you pray for us. Thank you that you desire so much better for our lives than even we could possibly desire for ourselves. And God, thank you for your protection. Thank you for keeping us. God, thank you. The reminder that you give us over and over again in Scripture, fear not. Have courage. Do not be dismayed. I hold you in my righteous right hand. That's your promise for us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Because of that, God, we praise you. Let us live our lives in such a way that we always glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about Grace Capital Church or how to get a copy of this broadcast, please visit us online at gccnh.com.